Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw win. The champ is here. Yes, welcome everybody to episode number seven of Stick Signals, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings Late Model Series, and Dirt Car Racing. I, my name is Ruben Morellis. Welcome on in. Mick, well, we interviewed Brandon prior to Cherokee Weekend. Yes. I got to say, we're his good luck charm. He goes out and wins. Yeah, but does it count as a win? It does not. And we're going to get into detail on that here on this podcast. So a lot to listen to here on episode seven. Thank you so much for joining us, race fans. Fun weekend at Cherokee. Mick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing quite well, Ruben. How are you doing today? I am living the dream. I cannot complain. Hey, I got to give a shout out to all the great race fans that came up to me and said, man, we love listening to Stick Signals. Thank you so much for doing this. And, you know, I'm glad that... you, you race fans are enjoying this content. Hey, don't forget, though, share it with your friends, family, coworkers. Uh, let, let's blow stick signals up. There's a lot of platforms you can listen to it on. So let everyone know that this is the official podcast of the Outlaws and Dirt Car Racing. And let's let's have some fun with it. And, and by the way, thank you to all the fans that came up and took pictures with me as well. It was a fun weekend, Nick. One thing you guys might not know, if you say to your, your Google or Alexa at home, hey, Google, play stick signals. It'll play stick signals. Yeah, that's also a very neat feature as well. So definitely stick signals on a lot of platforms. Thank you all so much for the love. Mick, I think it's time to start coming out with stickers or or something here because this is, this is a big deal now. We need some merch. It's time for our own, our own merch stores. I mean, the Knoxville Moths is selling t-shirts, so I, I guess it's our turn too. Well, Mick, let's get into some news and notes of this past weekend at Cherokee Speedway and looking forward to Farmer City. Joining us actually is going to be our good friend, Mike Warren. Mike, by the way, congratulations. Race fans, you already know who Mike is. Uh, how'd your first weekend go, Mike? It was a lot of fun. I mean, we uh, unfortunately get the sadness of the rain out on Saturday night, but hey, that's that's going to happen. It's part yeah. of the game, unfortunately. But I was really excited and got to see, you know, two really different races on Friday night, which I know we'll get to in a few seconds. Yeah, we will. And obviously, Mike, uh, the good news, though, it is postponed and not canceled. And you'll be releasing that information out soon. Um, okay. So let's talk about this. Pops Pickles. We have to, this is my first note of the weekend. (laughs) I had never tried it. And if I'm going to be honest with you guys, I was like, Pops Pickles, like, it's just a pickle. Like, how good can a pickle get? Well, oh my God, let me tell you. He gave me the jalapeno ones. And when I first bit to it, I was like, it tastes like a pickle, but then Bam, that jalapeno just kicked in, and I was like, wow, this is good. Like, I, you let me try one of the jalapeno ones too, and it was the same thing. Like, I, at first, it's like, okay, it's just a pickle, and boom. But I got, I got a full tub of the honey mustard ones. Very good. It was actually surprising how the honey mustard sauce wasn't that thick. So it actually you just it laid on to the pickle perfect. Oh, nice! I, I, the honey mustard is one of my favorite, and then he also has the uh, there's a habanero or the Carolina Reaper. I love, you know, I love spicy shit. So super happy. Well, like Buffalo Wild Wings, I'll go get the Carolina Reaper sauce as well. So I agree. I mean, yeah, I got to try those now. But yes, Pops Pickles is great. Um, Mike, before I get into my other news and notes about this past weekend, what do you got? You know, you take a look at it. Obviously, my first time there. So I didn't get to. I got to love how that outside lane was coming, coming in. And we'll get that when we talk about race number two. But, you know, I think you look at the guys who won, you know, for my first Blade model races essentially in a long time. You, you get two of the bigger guns that go to victory lane. You can't really ask for much more. Yeah, those two drivers were the hottest drivers in 2020, Jimmy and Brandon. And obviously, we talked about Brandon Shepard not winning an outlaw feature since September 26th back at Thunder Mountain Speedway. He comes back and wins here. And we talk about Jimmy. He's been on the struggle bus and he went back to the car that he was running last year uh, during 2020. And he got back in that car at Smoky Mountain Speedway. Now he's back in that car and he's all of a sudden back up top. They, they were never gone but they weren't in victory lane as quite often, but now they're back. And obviously Shepard didn't get that win till uh, late spring last year. And that's really when they, when they sprung there for the rest of the season, but it's good to see them back. And Mike, obviously you had never been to Cherokee before. So 
I mean, you were down there in the infield with me when they were side by side for the lead. You could hear the crowd roaring with excitement of how good that race was. It was awesome. And, and you know, you got to feel for Dale McDowell a little bit. He he ran really well. And this is the second feature we're talking about. Oh. He he told me after the race, he picked the right tire for 23 laps. He said lap traffic definitely didn't help him, but he didn't have the right tire on. He was starting to starting to burn it off. And Shepard just used the outside to his advantage. And, you know, three time and defending champion is going to do that. He, he knew exactly what to do and he got around him. But Shepard started in six. You don't see in 25 laps very often there. Somebody go from six to first. Yeah, exactly. And especially in a track like that. So one thing I noticed, and Brandon said it as well, a lot of the guys that go there, a lot of the veterans, they still stay to the bottom. A lot of them didn't even try that top side during hot laps. Me and Rick were keeping tabs on that. A lot of guys were still on the bottom. There was very few guys in the top, but you know those Illinois bad boys, they love their cushions, and Brandon made it happen right around the outside. And the reason it took him so long it was because, you know, there's a lot of silt in that kind of clay, and that top side just wasn't cleaning off fast enough for Brandon. But man, it was impressive to see him, how you said, come from sixth to the front there at the end. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say at Cherokee Speedway that somebody used the top side to their advantage. Yeah, and it's crazy. You got you got to give Scott Childress and them so much credit. Yes. Like that track, yes. it, Rick said it best, Cherokee Speedway is back on now the Now, one thing that I did wonder, and I actually thought about it today, and I'm sitting there thinking, it cleaned off a little bit quicker for Brandon Shepard. Would that have happened if he was in the first feature? And at the same time, does it make us kind of more disappointed we didn't get to see one on Saturday night because it would have made for a very interesting last 20 laps. And also, it would have been very interesting because that would have counted as a 70th win. So, Mike, let's talk about that topic now because it's it's a heated topic. And for the fans, obviously, we talked about it going into the weekend. Can Brandon Shepard win and make a career win 70? Well, he won Friday, but he still has... 69 outlaw wins that did not count as 70 mike do you want to elaborate on that so here's the deal it was a special event on friday night the field was split so the first two heat races were one feature the second two heat races were another feature so it was also show up points so technically even though everybody got 90 it does not count as a world of outlaws morton buildings feature event it was but in essence, it wasn't because nothing was really on the line other than $5,000. So therefore, Shepard does not get credit as another feature win. But don't worry, I have a feeling 70s coming and it might be sooner than later before that happens. And we'll talk about when soon may be um, <clears throat> next weekend. Maybe we'll talk about the Illini in just a little bit. But yes, for example, Jimmy Owens, he has 19 outlaw career victories. That did not count as 20 either. So like, for example, the, the rookie bucks the bonus bucks that was all split in half uh this past weekend so there's no slick woodies cornhole fast time qualifier there's no driving heat race winners that go into the book for 2021 nothing like that so we just wanted to you know, clean the air on that mike i wanted to have you explain that and and that's that's that so if brandon wins the illini that is going to be a career win at number 70. And now Friday will count as well at the Illini because yes. that's just one show. Exactly. So it's going to be a full show Friday and Saturday night. So whether Brandon were to win the 25 lap portion or the 75 lap portion, it doesn't matter. It will be number 70 or it could be 71 if he gets them both, which is also yes, possible. And, and we've seen Brandon have a lot of success at Farmer City. Uh, my last note on Cherokee has to be obviously... The track was great, but the pits were awesome. I know, Mike, you weren't able to visit Cherokee last year, but when I went to Cherokee last year, the pits were kind of very, there, was, there wasn't enough room. We were kind of packed in there, but man, they expanded the pits out back, kind of where Kyle Bronson parked out that way. That what used to never be there, Mike. So that really added a lot of room and a lot of space. And by the way, I know Friday was not the best. It could have been weather-wise, but we got there and the they, he was on the blade. He had all his heavy equipment out there. So I just want to give credit to Scott Childress and their whole gang to make the facility better. They painted the wall. It looked very patriotic. It looked really, really nice. And I, I just got to say, I think the improvement to Cherokee Speedway are are going in a, in a positive direction, and I can't wait to go back. I'm, I'm with you 100% on that, Ruben. And as we know, it's going to be twice, right? As, as of this moment, we do not have any information on when this race is going to be made up, but I promise you guys, as soon as we find out, you guys will know as well. Well, let's talk about Farmer City coming up. Mike, obviously, you've never been to Farmer City. Let me just warn you now. You are going to be excited from start to end. I mean, I love going here with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Farmer City is one of the best tracks in the state of Illinois, and there is a lot of good tracks in Illinois. But this this place is awesome, and you're going to have the Illinois bad boys like Shannon Babb, like Brian Shirley, like Frank Heckinus, Jason Fager, and so many more names that I could talk about. But what are your thoughts going into Farmer City this weekend? Well, I 
perked up as soon as I saw the size of the track was a quarter mile. I love these yes. quarter mile bull rings. These are my favorite. Even though I grew up on a half mile high bank track, which by the way, that's coming up down the road too. Let's not forget about that. But mm-hmm. I love these bull rings because you're up on the wheel the entire race. You don't get a break. And that's what I love about them. And I think you're going to see that a lot. And especially in a 25 lap race coming up on Friday, you're going to see them. Yes. You got to go right away. You have yes. no time and Mike, to wait. I know you've never been to Farmer City before. You told me you've never been to any of these tracks, but I can tell you right now, Farmer City is going to go hands down the top of your list real quick. There's there's a cushion. There's going to be slide jobs. They're going to go three wide. It's going to be phenomenal. And some cars may unload with a right red quarter panel cut in half, which is going to make you very excited. That's, that's what I like to hear. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And really, you know, you go back to 2019. I was looking back through a couple of the stats. I mean, Brandon Shepard has won the last two 75s. Actually, you yes. believe three yeah. wins, three 75 lap wins. But Brian Shirley has been right there also. Yeah, He picked up the 25-lap portion the last time we were there in 2019. Yeah, so 2020, obviously, we weren't there, which builds the excitement for the Illini because all these drivers are ready to get back. Well, some drivers, I should say, ready to get back home, like uh, Dennis Herb Jr. and Brandon Shepard. And obviously, the Illinois Bad Boys ready to go to see racing. With a thaw brawl, by the way, canceled this past weekend, uh, moved. The Illini has way more excitement to it because Illinois is finally opening back up with racing. We're ready to rock and roll. But yes, Shirley and Shepard have won there in 2019 and 2017. 2018, obviously getting rained out. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, seeing those two battle it out, your Dirt Car Summer Nationals champion and your World of Outlaws champion, it don't get better than that. Now, I got a trivia question for you. Who has the most wins in World of Outlaws Late Models competition at Farmer City? At Farmer City, it has to be Brandon Shepard, correct? Wrong. Billy Moore. Really? He's got four. Yes, that is correct. And, you know, I was actually going to say Shannon Bab, but no, it's not Bab. But yes, Moyer is correct because he wanted to know six, oh, eight, 10, and 13. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of forget about Billy Moyer and it makes me sad. But yes, Moyer is correct. And uh, it's going to be very exciting to see Moyer back in action with the Outlaws coming up here this weekend. It is. And I misspoke a little bit earlier. I, I said that Shepard had 375s. No, it's 275s in the 25. Yes. Yep, he won the uh, opening night of 2017 and surely won the final night of 2017, which was the Illini. Um, and Shepard obviously won. They flip-flopped. Shirley won the first night of 19 and Shepard won the final night of 2019. Well, it didn't happen in 2020. We talked about that. We're excited for this one. Uh, do you have any final news nuggets going into the Illini? I'm just getting excited. I think this is the first time in my life I have flown for a race. So this is uh, this is going to be a year of firsts when it's a I big say day. that. It is a big day. So race fans, get your tickets now. The Illini coming up. That is going to be big. Uh, Mick, obviously you gave us your Mick nugget about the, uh, the, the, the miles distance last week. Do you have anything going into the Illini? Not really, except for that I'm going to be there i'm gonna be there uh and hopefully get to see some racing unlike cherokee last week where i didn't get to see any racing yeah the weather should be good uh just pack a little bit of warm clothes but hey it's gonna be great it's it's good to be back at, at farmer city raceway obviously i gotta give a shout out to our good buddy tyson graves he's the announcer there and he, he does a phenomenal job me rick and tyson there and we're ready to go watch every lap live on dirt vision real quick real quick if you listen to episode six of stick signals we talked to jordan delucia about dirt car esports every wednesday night while well, their season opener was last wednesday if you don't have that notification on for stick signals and didn't get the information on time hey Click that notification button now because tonight the UMP Dirt Car Modifieds at Bristol. The tour continues there. Street Stocks at Lima Land. And there's still time to sign up for the Dirt Car Esports every Wednesday night. Check it out. Uh, Mick, by the way, you're the race director. How did your esports go last week? That was actually pretty good racing. I didn't do the tour. Dean Reynolds did the tour because there were big blocks and he's in real life the, the Super Dirt Car Series director. So he took the big block guys and I did the Street Stocks. Great looking field. Some of the best competition I've seen. We have a bunch of new names in there. Uh, the paint schemes are remarkable. Like these guys have really put some effort into their paint schemes. So uh, it's fun to tune in. And, and hey, you can make some money if you're decent at eye racing. You can make a hundred bucks if you're really good at eye racing. You might make two fifty. And you get your money back if you make the field. And you get your money back if you make the field. Exactly. Uh, now, final thoughts before we get into some uh, reads here, Mike. If you have to pick a winner for this weekend's Illini, who you got? I got to go with Shepard. I, I just got a feeling, you know, you like we talked about in the past, it, he usually needs one or two to get going. He got the one before we got to Farber City this year, and that should put everybody else on alert for the rest of the season. All right. Mick? Kyle Strickler. He's going to get out there in the Midwest and just go, oh, this is what I've been missing my whole life get up on the high side and fly. He did tell us that in stick signals. He's excited to go back to that part of the country. And 
It's going to be good. All right, boys. We'll see you at Farmer... Well, Mike, I should say. We'll see you at Farmer City. Thanks for joining us on Stick Signals. Thank you, always. Spring break is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Spring cleaning. Manscape is here to ensure that your spring cleaning is handled. Use code STICKSIGNALS21 for an exclusive 20% off discount at manscaped.com. Race fans, if you weren't able to join us at Cher- Cherokee Speedway and you didn't get some merch, that new merch that just came out, don't forget. Go to store.worldofoutlaws.com. And if you're at any outlaw event, all Always visit our souvenir trailer, but if you can't ever go to an outlaw event, don't forget store.worldofoutlaws.com has you covered. They have everything on there from koozies to hats to shirts and everything for all ages. So go check it out at store.worldofoutlaws.com. Be an outlaw. Sign up today. We talked about this great campaign. You register for free. You get insider access, adrenaline-packed audio and video content, which Mick is hard at work at, VIP perks, swag. You can't get elsewhere. It's a lot of great things. Uh, start the challenge at beanoutlaw.com. Once again, that's beanoutlaw.com. It's a great experience and the next level of the greatest shows on dirt. Well, on episode seven, Mick, we talked to the champ. Yes, the three-time and defending World of Outlaws Morton Building's Late Model Series champion, the rocket ship, Brandon Shepard. are with the champ on stick signals brandon shepherd when this episode airs we'll be just a couple days away from the illini which by the way brandon you won in 2019 we didn't get to go to illinois last year with the outlaws we finally get to go back home uh for you with the world of outlaws how excited are you to get home i'm really excited you know as everybody knows it's been a slow start to the year for us and uh you know, we've had a lot of speed and we've had a fast car a lot of nights and, and things just haven't went our way. And, you know, that's uh, that's racing for you. You know, it has its ups and its downs. And, um, you know, we're looking to get back out of here and hopefully get some lady luck on our side, maybe. And, um, you know, Farmer City is I consider it one of my favorite tracks and probably one of my better tracks. So, um, you know, the. For me, there wouldn't be no no better place to to uh, get my first win out of the year than that place. You're one win away from career 70 with the Outlaws, uh, which is going to be a pretty good milestone. Brandon, you got your first win in the state of Illinois back in 2012. You love racing in front of your home crowds. I mean, when was the last time you raced in Illinois, by the way? Uh, well, I think it was actually towards the end of the year last year. I ran the Mars races at Fairbury and LaSalle. And, uh, well, and Peoria also. So, uh, we're fortunate that, you know, there's some little, some new stuff coming up around home there, like the Mars series. And then of course the summer nationals and stuff to where I can go back and race the B5 every once in a while. And then, you know, farmer city seems to get rained out about every other year. So, uh, definitely looking forward to getting back there. Hopefully the weather, uh, you know, is in our favor for that one. But, um, like you said, I just always love going back home to race. It's uh, the the racetracks are great. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Highland, Illinois, or Fairbury, or Tri City, or wherever it is. It's just they produce good racing, and you just don't find that everywhere in the country. Brandon, obviously, you had a lot of success there with the Summer Nationals last year, which we'll touch on here in just a little bit. But one of the best memories I've ever had with you was in- interviewing you in Victory Lane at Jacksonville Speedway, obviously your home track. And man, that crowd was so electric. I mean, it was one of the best, probably the only time I've ever felt the ground shake because the fans were so loud. So it's going to be cool to see if you can get it done in Illinois uh, this upcoming weekend. Yeah, for sure. Jacksonville is another one of them places for me that's it's 15 minutes from my house and my whole family goes. And, um, you know, it's just wish we could have more outlaw races around my area, you know, not just because the, the tracks are as good as they are, but, it, you know, the, they always produce great crowds. And, uh, you know, a lot of my family and friends get to come watch and it's just a lot of fun and we have fun with it. And, and, uh, you know, our cars are really good around that area, too, so that helps. Brandon, today is the Wednesday before uh, the series heads to Cherokee for the Rock Galt. And as we say here, you, you know, you don't have a series win. I, I don't really want to dwell on that, but at Smoky Mountain, you you made up quite a few points. You're in second in points now. Do you feel like you guys have sort of turned the corner and are heading in the right direction? Yeah, I think so. You know, the guys and I have been, have been working really hard and doing a lot of testing. And just uh, trying to get better, you know, and that's all we can do. And 
and uh, we're coming up some tracks that we've been pretty successful at in the past. You know, Cherokee and and uh, Farmer City, we we always run good at both of those places. So, uh, hoping for big things this weekend, and then obviously for Farmer City, we're hope we're you know our expectations are going to be high, and uh, my confidence keeps getting higher and higher with the car. We're uh, we're definitely making gains on it. You know, it's just. Uh, little bit different stuff than we've been doing the past few years and the tracks have been a lot different um you know i think we're close we're just working on stuff and trying to find the next best thing you know so uh, i know the we're we're putting in you know 100 percent all the time like we always do so i'm sure we'll, we're gonna get there it's just a matter of time it feels to me like the the competition in late model racing is is just way up there it seems a lot tighter right now do you do you feel the same? Do you think the state of late model racing is just becoming really competitive? Yeah, it is really competitive right now. You know, the um, there hasn't been a whole lot of repeat winners this year, and uh, everybody's got really good equipment, and a lot of teams are, um, you know, have gotten settled in in the past few years and developed into really good teams. So uh, there's definitely a lot of good competition out there, and I think it's a good thing for the sport, um, you know, but. Like you said, we we haven't got our first win yet, but things are looking up for us, I think. And, uh, you know, our car's been good and we've had speed. It's just, you know, when things don't go your way, they don't go your way. So we're looking to turn them around. And you guys have said that before. You know, you guys take the good with the bad, the bad with the good. Brandon, you've had a lot of success. Um, you, I, I got a quote from one of your interviews that you've done in the past, you said speed weeks sets the bar for us. Well, this speed weeks wasn't the best, but I mean, honestly, it's still pretty scary for the competition because how we said smoky mountain, you moved up four spots in the points just in one night. So is the bar still being set here as we go throughout the season? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, I feel like our speed weeks, um, you know, we probably could have, should have, would have won, a couple races if things would have played out i should say we were in contention for the win at i think about three races so you know just because things didn't play out our way you know there's a lot of people out there panicking wondering what's going on with us and you know there's really nothing going on we're just you know i mean things didn't play our way in speed week so we're definitely working on stuff trying to get uh, trying to get a little bit better and trying to find a little speed, but don't count us out. That's for sure. Brandon, you, you said it there. You, you take the good with the good and the bad with the bad, like the good and the bad. You guys have had a lot of success and you have a knack for winning big money races. You're always there. How do you manage to always be there in every race? Um, you know, it's, it's all a testament to how hard my team works and how good we are together and how, um, you know, how good Mark is with the cars and, and uh, we've just got a good program, you know, and that, um, you know, whenever your car's consistent, you can have confidence in it. You can, uh, you know, put yourself in position to be there at the end of the race. And that's what that's what it takes in the long run. Sometimes, you know, you don't always need to lead the race at the beginning and, and you don't always need to lead the race in the middle. You just need to be there at the end. So it's uh, it's a matter of basically, you know finding that rhythm throughout the year and uh, getting a good baseline going throughout the year and uh, just being able to be consistent and uh, stay up front. I always, I always tell people if you can, uh, if you can run up front at night in and night out and have that consistency of top three runs, you're going to win races at some point. So, um, you know, it's, I think we've been close and um, you know, things just haven't, played out our way this year but like i said things are turning around for us i can't preach that enough it's uh you know there's a lot of people out there wondering what's going on with us and i can assure you that there's nothing wrong or nothing going on we're just working on stuff and uh we're gonna work hard and, and we're gonna get there you you're a humble guy brandon and that's one thing that i love about you because you're arguably for sure the best dirt lead model driver in the country and you know 
your team, uh, Donnie has been there since 2014 and Austin and Joel have been there around the same time. And you came in as a driver filling in big shoes because Richards had won the championship the year before you took this Rocket House team car. Um, you said you're successful because of your team. How great is your team? Oh, man, they're awesome. You know, they're just a really hard working group of guys, um, all very aware of, of the race car and everything that goes on with the team. And then, of course, Mark has been doing it for so long and helps has a lot of experience and uh at all the tracks that we that we go to or or you know are going to so um it definitely helps to have that experience behind you and then hard-working guys that that are aware of of you know of racing and how you know how to win races um and all these guys know how to do that and that that uh, makes us so good every time we think about the rocket house team car every time we see that blue hauler we always think it's business 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 which it is because you guys are there to win and you guys have a your goal to win and have a high expectation and standard but give us a good funny team story between you and the guys oh man there's a there's a lot of them you know there's we're all business that's for sure but at the end of the day whenever you know Whenever we get in the truck and, and go to the next track, we always laugh and cut up and carry on. And, and uh, Mark does too. You know, a lot of guys think Mark's just uptight and all he thinks about is racing. But, um, you know, he's he cuts up and carries on with us too and has fun with us. And uh, I, I can't really think of any one specific story right offhand, but uh, it, it's just we try to have as much fun as we can. But at the end of the day, it's, it's our jobs, you know, and, um, you know, in order to do our job successfully, we have to be as serious as possible. And that's why we, you know, a lot of guys are, when we're on the road, a lot of guys are going and hanging out, and, you know, going places and doing things and outside of racing. And we kind of try to, you know, keep it as serious as possible. And if we have off days, we're working. And, and uh, we did get to go fishing a few times last year. And, uh, we went fishing up at Devil's Lake uh, in Minnesota last year and, and uh, had a lot of fun doing that. So that was really cool. And, and uh, you know, all of us got to go. And, and so that was fun. That was a that was a good time for us. And I guess that was, uh, you know, one of them few times where we get to, you know, we had a good run going there and we were, you know, had all of our work caught up and was able to get away and and have a little bit of fun and you got to do that every once in a while just let loose a little bit but like i said our our team's all business and and uh you know we as soon as we we all have families at home and and everything and whenever we leave the house we're you know we're not going to play and and do all that stuff we're going to to do our job and then get back home so your parents owned a speedway right yep chef speedway now is that the way you got into racing uh no 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 my uh my family's been in racing for forever, honestly, as long as I can remember. Um, I'm fourth generation driver, so it's you know we only had the speedway for 2000. I think we built it in 2008, and then we raced 2009 and 2010, and then or we built it in something like that. I don't know exactly. I can't remember. It's been a while ago, and then. Uh, we ran it for a few years and then shut it down, and, and that was about all of it. So, so how did you get into racing then, Brandon? What age did you start? Uh, what age did I start? Uh, I raced, I raced quarter midgets for uh, probably four or five years when I was younger. I probably started doing that at like seven or eight, and um, started racing late models when I turned fourteen. I actually had a modified first, and I ran it for about two months. And then uh, got straight into a super late model. It was my dad's backup car at the time. And then, uh, you know, I ran it one night. And then we just decided that there was no reason to get that modified out anymore. So we sold it. Here we are. That's pretty cool. Mark Richards said, when Josh left the team, we knew Brandon and we knew he was going to drive for us. How did that opportunity come up with Rocket One? Uh, well, back in 2011, uh, we raced against each other a little bit. And actually, the first time I remember talking to Mark and Josh was at Cedar Lake in 2011. And I was there. Um, I had a Pierce, a Bob Pierce race car at the time. And we were in the same heat race. I think I started like 10 in the heat race. And, and Josh ended up winning. And I ended up running second in the heat by about 
I don't know, we were side by side coming to the line, let's put it that way. And then uh, after the race, you know, they both came over and told me good job and, and whatnot. Um, you know, that year went on and we had a fairly successful year, you know. And uh, actually, Michael Rigsby called me and was like, hey, Mark Richards um, has a list of drivers that he might want to drive next year whenever Josh goes and does this Arcus and uh, NASCAR stuff. And you're on the list. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. No way, you know. And I went on about my business, didn't think anything of it. And just 2012 came around and and we had ordered a rocket car, but we still had uh a pierce car also you know, i had run rocket at the time when we went to florida so we went to florida and tested with mark a little bit and, and uh you know just did our own thing raced florida and and came back and uh, a few months into the into that season of 12 uh mark richards called me one morning and was like you know hey you want to come drive our car and i was like oh heck yeah you know i'm down i'm my bags are packed, you know, that's always a joke that I tell him or that, you know, we always joke around. He's like, he call, he'll call me, you know, like the last time he, he called me to drive. The only thing he asked, he called me up and he said, Hey, you got your bags packed. And I was like, yep. You know, I, I just always tell him that my bags are always packed. If he needs me to come drive <laughs> and, uh, you know, here we are, you know, we, even after 2012, I drove for him that whole year. And then, um, in 13, Josh came back and we just stayed close and, uh, we developed a, I developed a good relationship with Josh and, and they helped me out a lot and kind of kept me under their wing and, um, you know, helped me out with the cars and, and whatnot and really sped up my learning curve and taught me a lot about how to win races and, uh, you know, about the cars and everything too. So, um, we did that in 13 and I drove one race for him in 13 and that was a dirt track. We won it the first time. And then, uh, you know, Josh was, um, I think Josh was in 14 there. I think Josh was, I'd've been, I think that was the year that he was out. His hands were, uh, something was wrong with his nerves in his hands or whatever. And so I came and drove the first couple months in 14 and then Ecker came and drove and, um, you know, like I said, we just never lost touch after that. And I think, you know, he was confident that, you know, that I could get the job done. And then, you know, whenever this opportunity came about here and, and uh, in 2017, when I, when I last came and drove for him, then I was definitely all about it, you know, because I know how high caliber of a team it is and that he knew how to put everybody in position to, to, uh, you know, build a great team to be able to win races. And you talk about that 2014 season when you drove, when Richards was out, you actually won that year at Bubba Raceway Park when the Outlaws used to go there. So it just goes to show that Brandon, uh, you know, you know, it's a high caliber team. How you just said, you have to bring your A game every single night. Uh, Brandon, let's talk about the, the setup of the car. One thing that I learned from you talking through, to you throughout the years, you said you love driving the B5 because you have more responsibility. You have to set up the car. So how cool is it going back to the B5? Because Mark said to be a part of this team, you have to give up a little bit of individuality. You guys have to set up, you know, good team chemistry and stuff like that. And you don't, you don't set up the one car as much as you do the B5 car. So how cool is it to go back to the B5 and set it up? Uh, it's, it's cool, you know, and it's more of a kind of one of them deals where I can shake the rust off myself and, and really, you know, appreciate how good I have it here at Rocket you know uh, my teams it's such a hard working team and they really leave me very little to do besides concentrate on the racetrack and how I need to drive and where I need to drive on the racetrack and and uh, just be able to study that and uh, be the best driver I can be so it's um, you know when I go back and drive for the, the b5 car it's like I gotta manage everything you know and i got some great people that helped me out on that car too uh my uncle ed and chuck o'brider and, and my buddy blake kemp and uh you know david sap there's a bunch of guys that come with me but they're all you know volunteers and they you know you know it's it's just a small town team you know trying to 
trying to make it happen, you know. So fortunately, I developed, a, you know, a good feel for the race cars. I know kind of I got a pretty good idea what I need when I'm behind the wheel. So um, as long as, you know, we can all make everything happen and make everything stay together and, and operate the way it needs to be, we're usually pretty fast in that thing. So you uh went to the summer nationals last year and ran uh, a whole week you got the points week championship you won four of the six when's the next time we're going to see you in the b5 um as of right now i think it's like may 14th and 15th there's a a mars weekend at farmer city in fairbury i'm planning on going to that so i'm pretty sure the one car's off that weekend so brandon the B5 last year, Hurled Review 100. I know you you have a lot of wins. Is there any one that stands out? Because I know you won the Hurled Review. You had never won that race. That one felt really good. But I'm pretty sure there's other races up there as well. Give me the best race you've ever won in the one car, the best race you've ever won in the B5 car that comes to your memory. Oh, man. I, I think uh, so far in the B5, I, I don't get to go to a lot of big races with the B5 uh, besides summer national stuff. But um, one of the races in the b5 that stands out or well let's let's just go ahead and say two of them there was the world of outlaw race at bell claire that we won in the b5 in uh 2013 and then um we won the Illini 100 in 2015 in the b5 so those are uh you know my probably the most memorable ones from the b5 car and then the house car i mean you name it we've won a bunch of them and they all mean a lot but uh Knoxville's on the list of ones that I want to win, that I need to win, and we've been really fast in. But um, I'd say uh, the dirt track is obviously one that's up on my, you know, the high up there on the ones that are really special to me, and we've been really fortunate, able to win that four times now. But um, one car specific, it would have to be the dream. You know, that's a race that everybody wants to win, and then, um, you know, we Everybody knows we haven't been that great at Eldora in the past, but uh, we were a few years there. We had some really good runs, and then, and you know, like 19, we were able to get the job done. So that was definitely uh, my favorite one so far for the one car. I remember standing in the pit pass line during the 25th annual Dirt Late Model Dream, and you were in front of me, and we, we had a conversation there. Uh, it's moments like that that I that I love and remember. So give us a time that you remember with a fan experience. Give us the best fan experience you've ever had. Oh, shoot. That's a tough one. Met a lot of fans over the years and a lot of great people. And, uh, man, I can't really I can't really think of one experience right offhand. Um, oh, there's one fan that's from uh, – he's actually from over by me. He's from Barrie, Illinois, and we were on the way to – um, I was on the way to Fairbury, um, and I was in my pickup truck. I was going to the one for the road last year and I come up on this camper going down the highway and he's got all my stickers on and some that I didn't even know that I had, you know, um, all my stickers and stuff on his camper and, you know, my windows are real tinted on my truck. So he couldn't see, you know, that it was me or whatever. So I pulled up next to him, rolled the window down, was waving and they were, pretty pumped up about that and uh, so that was pretty cool but you know come to find out that he lived you know he only lives 45 minutes from me and and uh, we actually talked for quite a while that night after the race and joked around about it and uh so that that was pretty cool one but there's there's so many you know i have a lot of great fans and so many people that are um so many fans that have became close and and uh, friends over the years so it's just uh the fans in dirt racing are really, are really awesome and really amazing. And uh, they make a lot of places what they are. So it's cool. Sure. Now you spend most of your time on the road or on the road a lot. What do you do in your spare time? Do you have any hobbies? Uh, well, I don't really have a lot of spare time, but uh, I have two kids. I have a boy that's turning seven here in a couple, couple days. And then my daughter, Addison is three and they're both, uh little pistols to say the least you know they're they keep me on my toes and keep me busy through the weeks and uh you know during hunting season um you know during the winter i get to go hunting a little bit and hang out with some buddies but for the most part i'm 
pretty well busy racing and taking care of my family and my my kids and, uh you know that's uh that's my probably my number one priority right now you know is getting this thing back up front and taking care of my family you know my family means the world to me and uh they you know like you say i'm gone on the road a lot so um you know i definitely owe a lot to my fiance michaela granfield for dealing with me being gone all the time and putting up with my my crap that she puts up with so um you know hats off to her and i love her for that and of course my kids they probably miss me a lot more than they you know than i should probably be home more for them but uh, i hope one day they realize that i'm you know racing for them and and doing it to give them a good future and stuff so it's definitely they support me 100 percent. all three of them do and of course my dad and my grandpa and and you know just my whole family that backs me and and uh, probably wishes I was home a little bit more, but uh, we're we're having fun racing, and whenever we stop having fun, that's when I'll get off the road. But I don't see that happening for a while. Right. You said earlier you're a fifth generation racer. Are we going to see a sixth generation with your with your kids? Yeah, I would say so. I, I got a quarter midget and a go kart uh, for my boy right now, and my daughter's already telling me that she wants to race. So I'd say. I'd say we'll have here one before we know it. And uh, I think my boy's going to start racing this year and, and uh, at least playing around with it a little bit. So we'll see. Right. You got a little little track there at the shop for him to play around on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my dad built the shop out in his backyard there. So he's got a nice little circle track there to, to mess around on. And he rides four-wheelers. And, and my daughter does the same four-wheelers, motorcycles, go-karts, whatever's anything with wheels and a motor they're all about it that's awesome well if there's another brand little branded shepherd coming up two little branded shepherds coming up the competition is in trouble because brandon you're such a great guy humble heck of a driver uh i gotta touch on this brandon uh a lot of people give you crap for your speech because i mean you you could have won a hundred thousand dollars you were five wide at the line and let's say i ask you a question brandon how do you feel right now you'll be well i gotta think oh you know you do your regular speech do you practice that at all no i do not you know i get crap for that all the time but i'm just not a man of many words i guess you'd say um you know uh my dad always taught me growing up to uh you know when i started racing quarter midgets you know he there would be all these other kids out there banging on their cars and celebrating and getting up carrying on and acting all crazy and my dad always would tell me that i need to act like i've been there before so I guess that's something that stuck with me over time. And it's, you know, I guess it's more of a humble thing than anything. I don't want to, you know, you know, I, I do want to act like I've been there before and I do want to be professional as professional as I can. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely more excited than I put off to be in a lot of cases, but I mean, I never get too worked up about anything, so I don't, right. you know. I think sometime in victory lane, you should just freak out and see what Ruben's reaction is. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be able to take it. <laughs> I, You know, I'm just one of those people that I... I just show my emotion too much. And and Brandon, you're you're probably more passionate than me, but you just don't show it. We all show it differently. And, yep, exactly. and that, that's just a thing. But Brandon, so Brandon, like for example, let's say the, the PDC, it pays 50,000 to win this weekend, I, this year. I know when it comes time to the PDC, I'm going to be jumping up and down. You're going to be excited, but in a different way. How do you get prepared mentally on a big weekend like that? Um, I really don't do anything specific. You know, I just try to, I just try to make sure that I'm concentrated, well-rested, and making sure everything's taken care of at home so I don't have anything to think about or worry about. And, um, you know, nothing crazy. Just kind of uh, that's the thing is you can't over-pressure yourself on bigger races compared to, you know, I probably get more nervous on when I go race for 5,000 in the B5 than when I go race for a hundred thousand in the one car because oh wow you no know, the it's just there's a lot of pressure but at the end of the day i know that i'm you know i have to i have one job to do so it doesn't matter if it's a thousand to win or a hundred thousand to win you have to put 
you have to put that pressure on yourself all the time so that you don't choke, you know, in the big show, you know? So I treat every race as, as close to the same as possible. And I'm sure most of these guys do too, because, you know, it's just one of them things you can't get worked up and, and, uh, you can't basically overrun your stuff or overrun yourself or do anything crazy and put yourself out of contention at the end of a big race. Um, cause then you won't be able to get the job done and that's what we're there to do. So do you do any other, uh, preparations? Like do you, do you work out or stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I try to work out a little bit and, uh, you know, not nothing major really. Um, just, I think I'm about the same as everybody. I, once you get in, once you start racing throughout the year, we race so much that we don't have time for much. So it's like, just get after it and do your work. And really the preparation of the car is everything. So, um, at the end of the day, that's what we got to concentrate on is, is the preparation of the race car and, and, uh, making sure, you know, the car's taken care of and the rig and everything that goes along with it to, you know, be able to get the job done. So Brandon, you may not think about this a lot, but it's, it, it's a true thing. A lot of drivers and fans look up to you. Now, a lot of people look up to you. Who do you look up to? Oh, man. Um, you know, I definitely look up to my dad and my grandpa. They're, uh, you know, they've both played a major factor in my life, and I wouldn't be, you know, where I am without them. That's for sure. Uh, you know, my grandpa and my dad are the hardest working people I've ever met, and they, you know, they do it day in and day out no matter if they're sick no matter if the weather's good or bad it doesn't matter they're working their tails off and that's what they did to you know to be able to pay for me to get started and you know and then my dad racing back in the day too there was a lot on my dad and grandpa's plate when i first started and uh, you know they really took a chance on me to to be able to to get me going you know and put me out on the road there the first few years and uh, so I really look up to them guys more than anybody in the world. But um, I look up to Mark Richards also. You know, he's definitely he's done a lot for me, and he's you know just the person that he is. You know, he's been doing it at a high level for forty plus years now. So got to look up to him. But um, definitely, most of all, my dad and my grandpa. Brandon, if you could give advice to future champions, what would it be? Or future younger generation drivers, what would it be? Oh man, I, I don't know. I would say just stay humble and, um, don't do anything crazy and don't, uh, well, let's see. There's a lot of don't do. So let's see something you should do. Hmm. What do you think? Man, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to give advice in racing because it's, there's so much that goes on and there's so much that goes into it. You know, you just gotta, put the maximum amount of effort in at all times and then, you know you always got to stay sharp and and make sure that you're working hard and you know you you always want to beat the other guy so if you're going to beat him on the track you got to outwork him that's been you know something that i've always um you know one of the things i looked up to my dad and my grandpa for was they they're the hardest working bunch bunch out there so that's what we try to be and what i try to be is the hardest worker out of everybody and and the hard work pays off you know so that's that's the best advice i could give it's just uh if you want to win you're going to have to outwork the other guys so always remember that hard work pays off that's true hard work does pay off great words from a true champion brandon shepherd uh let's wrap up on this real quick mark richard said you will go down as one of the best drivers that ever drove I mean, what is that? I mean, that means a lot, doesn't it? Coming from Mark Richards. Yeah, it does for sure. Yeah, it does coming from him for sure. You know, like I said, he's been doing it for 40 plus years and he's seen a lot of great drivers come and go. And, um, you know, I just, I feel like I've been doing it at a really high caliber for quite a few years now. And I just hope that I can do it at this level, um, you know, until I decide to retire. So I hope I can. Um, you know, continue to win 
races and and do that and that's what you know the ultimate goal and you know and my racing career would be is to make a full career out of it so um it definitely means a lot to to hear that coming from him i just hope i can uh you know make that make it come true for me you know what i mean fulfill all that and uh, really make it happen so well, Brandon, it's been a joy having you on Stick Signals. Uh, we will have you on here again in the future. This this is just your debut with Stick Signals. Thank, thank you for joining us. Uh, any final thoughts going into the Illini? Uh, no, not really. I'm just really excited. You know, uh, the the Farmer City guys have been doing a really good job on the track. And, uh, you know, the place always produces good racing. and You never really know what you're going to get. So that's one thing that I love about that place. And uh, we're just really excited, ready to get back to Illinois race. Perfect. All right. Well, Brandon is ready to put on his show at the Illini. Get your tickets now. Brandon, the Rocket Shep. Brandon Shepard, thank you so much for joining us, Brandon. Thanks, Ruben. Thanks, guys. So how about that, Ruben? There might be a sixth or possibly seventh generation driver coming out. Uh, Brandon Shepard's kids getting in cars. Yeah, especially in the region they're in. Obviously, we talk about the Midwest being a tough region and uh, the caliper racing Anybody there. I, I never doubt a driver that runs super late models to even stock cars in that region because everyone is just so good. And if his kids are going to start growing up, you know, how he said quarter midgets and go-karts and move their way up the ranks, it, it's going to be very, very scary for the competition if we see two little shepherds starting to claim those checkered flags. Yeah, for sure. And, and what a professional, man. I mean, the guy, you know, he gets a little bit of grief for being, you know, kind of monotone and vanilla, but he's just, he's just a professional and he's he holds himself to a certain standard. And, and I think... It, Shows on the track. I mean, that's how you achieve those kind of results. It really does. I like the quote that he told us. Uh, that I think I believe his grandpa told him, "Act like a true professional. Act like you've been there before." Yep. And, and I really enjoyed that a lot from Brandon. And yeah, he's just a class act. He'll never forget where he came from. Um, I mean, he's a three-time champ, and you go up to him and talk to him and carry a conversation on. Uh, no matter who you are, you know what I mean. He's always super uh, welcoming to the fans, and that's the thing that I love about Brandon. He's just always a true professional act. And it's great because he's the best in the business there is yep. right now. Well, Mick, let's uh, wrap it up here on episode seven coming up and some house cleaning here this weekend. Obviously, we're excited for the Illini. And obviously, we didn't get to talk to Shepard on uh, Stick Signals uh, after his win at Cherokee, but it's all good. Uh, we'll, we'll catch him. Obviously, it's not the last time he's going to be on Stick Signals. We'll definitely have Brandon on Stick Signals again. We'll have a whole fun other interview with Brandon. Um, but uh, some housekeeping notes. Obviously, Brandon really strong at the at Illinois and Illini. He's excited to get back this Friday, Saturday on Dirt Vision. You could catch it all. Uh, Friday and Saturday at Farmer City Raceway. And then the World of Outlaws and NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series are at the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 in Peebley, Missouri. Obviously, I love going there with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. That facility is nice. It's a fun track. It's going to produce some dynamite racing for the sprint cars. They're there Friday, Saturday. You can watch that on Dirt Vision as well. And also the Spring Sprint Special at the Williams Grove Speedway Friday night for some weekly racing. So again, if you have that Dirt Vision account, you're getting what your money's worth. Mm -hmm. There's so much good content on there. I know this past weekend, they had a lot of great racing on there as well. And uh, you want to check it out. If you're not a Dirt Vision subscriber, make sure to sign up. And you know, just sign up and you get free content as well. You don't even have to purchase a Platinum. You, uh, Dirt Car Esports going live, Mick, as well. Uh, you get that for free. Yep just by signing up. Yep, and, and in the vault, you'll also get a week after the races, um, we put everything in the vault for free too. So if you, if you can't afford it right now, times are tough for a lot of people. You can still enjoy the races a week later uh, right there in the vault with your free access. And if you're going to sign up for free access, do it through the Be An Outlaw campaign. You'll uh, get on those email lists and get all the, the cool new stuff right there in your inbox. Exactly. It's, it's so convenient too because Dirt Vision uh, – came out with the app and I have the Dirt Vision app. You just click the Dirt Vision app and bam, you have everything right there to your fingertips from sprints, late models, modifieds, and more. Just check it out. Dirtvision.com. Get your fast pass today. Well, that's going to wrap it up for episode number seven of Stick Signals. Episode eight is going to be very good. We have some big interviews coming up as we get geared up for the Bristol Bash happening that weekend. But for now, we hope to see you at Farmer City. If you're ever around, let us know that you love Stick Signals and you never know, we may just get that merch out. So thank you so much for listening to episode seven of Stick Signals. Mm -hmm.